Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. I want to give you an update on a complicated but very important story. Something that we've discussed here over a period literally of years. President Biden signed an executive order on Friday directing the Justice Department and other agencies to conduct a declassification review of documents related to the FBI's investigation of 9-11. So this order requires that A.G. Merrick Garland release the declassified documents to the public over the span of the next six months. In terms of What are they looking for? What might this reveal? I read something from CBS over the weekend that I flagged because it was a very cogent and explanatory three paragraphs that give you one potential angle. It's this, quote, some records pertain to a still secret investigation named Operation Encore, which centered on the two hijackers that lived in San Diego and who may have assisted them. While it could take months for the documents to be released, Danny Gonzalez, a former FBI agent who worked on the operation, told CBS News that he's confident two of the hijackers had a U.S.-based support network. Quote, 19 hijackers cannot commit 3,000 mass murders by themselves, Gonzalez said in his first television interview about the investigation. He was then asked by an investigative reporter, based on what you found, do you believe there was a domestic support network for the hijackers? And he said, obviously, I can't comment on it, but you don't have to be an FBI agent with 26 years of experience to figure that out. Gonzalez said that two hijackers, Nawaf al-Hazmi and Khalid al-Midhar, were helped by a number of Saudis, including Omar al-Bayoumi. Bayoumi was working for the Saudi government. He has said that he randomly ran into the two hijackers at a restaurant in Los Angeles and urged them to move to San Diego. There, he helped them find an apartment and open a bank account. The two hijackers even started flight school nearby. Gonzalez said that he's under FBI orders not to reveal certain classified information about Operation Encore, as is another former agent, Ken Williams, who wrote a memo before 9-11 that warned potential terrorists were taking flight lessons in Arizona. Which brings me to Brett Eagleson, who's leading a group of 9-11 families fighting for the documents to be released. 
He was 15 years old when his father, Bruce, was killed at the World Trade Center South Towers. And 20 years later, he said that he wants his daughter to know the secrets of 9-11 and who killed her grandfather. This is Brett Eagleson. Hey, Brett, thanks so much for coming back to the program. Uh, What reaction do you have to President Biden signing this executive order last Friday? Michael, thank you again for having me on. You're always such a refreshing voice to hear because you're so educated on this and you summarize it so succinctly. So thank you for for doing that. Um, Before I answer your question, I I also want to say guys like Danny Gonzalez and Ken Williams, they're our true heroes. Uh, These FBI agents are great. They're fantastic. They're like much every other FBI agent. Um, So we're so thankful for them, and they really are our true heroes. So thank you to them for having the courage to come forward and speak the truth. Um, Regarding President Biden's executive order, I think credit uh, is deserved where credit is due. This president is the first and only president who has taken a personal role in acknowledging our struggle and acknowledging our fight. He made a campaign promise to us in October of 2020, and this is the first step in honoring that promise. But I want to be careful and I want to be clear. This is only a first step. Um, we are vigilant. We have our guard up, rightfully so. We we've, um, are, are cautious and we're still a bit apprehensive. Um, we've been on this path for 20 years. We've been lied to, to our face, by former presidents of the United States. We've had JASTO vetoed by Obama. So this is not a, a Democratic or Republican thing. We've been, we've been uh, stymied by, by uh, Republicans and Democrats alike in the executive branch. We have tremendous amount of support in the United States Congress. Senator Blumenthal is one of our champions, along with Senator Cornyn. So we are are hopeful. We are cautiously optimistic, but we need to be clear, and we need to to remain steadfast and make sure that these documents are actually produced. All the executive order does is is it mandates a review. So there's nothing in there that actually compels the federal government to give us these documents. So it's a good first step, but but more work needs to be done, and, and the 9-11 families are not going anywhere on this. Help me explain to people exactly what you're after, and let's use the San Diego potential support network of two of the 19 hijackers on September 11. I have in front of me this letter that you were responsible for sending to the Department of Justice Inspector General Michael Horowitz. And you're saying, you know, here are the things that we need to see. And number one on the list is a missing videotape. What is that videotape of? Why do you want to see it? So, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. We we did file, I think it was lost in the news because of Biden's executive order on Friday. But the day before, we had filed a complaint with the Office of the Inspector General. And within that complaint, we, we lay out all the different things that the DOJ and FBI has done. Um, where, where we say they're not being honest, they're not being truthful. And the first thing that, that you call out is the fact that we, um, we know, and the public knows, it's well documented, that the FBI at one point possessed a copy of a videotape. Uh, the videotape had Omar El-Bayoumi uh, on, on record meeting and talking with the hijackers, and it was a party that was hosted at Bayoumi's apartment. So here's a Saudi government official on videotape uh, introducing the hijackers to members of the community within Saudi Arabia at his apartment in San Diego. 
that videotape was given to the 9-11 Commission. This is all public record. This is publicly sourced. This is not debated. This, this video exists, and the 9-11 Commission had it. When we then subsequently asked for a copy of that video as part of our, as part of our lawsuit, the FBI writes back to us, we can't find it. They can no longer find this video. How is it that the FBI loses one of the most critical pieces of evidence, the only video, by the way, that exists, of the Saudi government official Bayouni with the hijackers. The FBI lost it. Either the FBI is completely incompetent or they're lying, and I don't know which one's worse. Bayoumi is a guy who was working for the Saudi government. He says that he just through happenstance at a restaurant in L.A. meets these two individuals. A different way of looking at it, a more cynical way of looking at it, is that he knew what they were up to and that he was rendering them assistance, and that would be the on-the-ground assistance that some believe aided the 19. But we know so much more than that. I mean, the FBI's own words, the FBI's own documents that we've been able to obtain have said evidence exists that Bayoumi was taking orders from higher-ups, Al Jara, in the Saudi embassy. So, you know, the Saudis always said, oh, Bayoumi, yeah, of course he was a government official, but he wasn't acting within the scope of the government. But the FBI's own investigations, Operation Encore, the little that we've been able to glean from it, has stated that um, Bayoumi was taking orders from more senior Saudi government officials. Those aren't my words. Those are the FBI's own words. What's the most damning bit of evidence that you have seen? The most damning bit of evidence that higher up the Saudi government was aware played a role in the events of September 11. Sure. It, it, it's called the 2012 Operation Encore Report. We have a version of it. it it's four pages. Um, it's probably 40 to 50 percent redacted. But the last paragraph of the last page, this is an FBI report. It's an analytical level report, meaning it's not written by a field agent. It's written by a supervisory level agent. The last page says, there is evidence that El Jara tasked Umeri and Bayumi with assisting the 9-11 hijackers. That is a pretty damning piece of evidence if I've ever seen one. Then we recently find out that Bayumi uh, had in his apartment a diagram of how to fly a plane into a building. And I think CBS News broke that story uh, a few days before the executive order came out. So there is all kinds of evidence that is slowly coming out and, and, and the Saudi uh, armor is being slowly chipped away, and this em- and this information is coming to light. But why is it that the American public for 20 years wasn't able to know that this guy Bayoumi had in his apartment a diagram on how to fly a plane into a building? Where is he today? I'm not sure. Uh, he's probably in Arabia, I would imagine, but... Um, I wish I could tell you, but I know that our lawyers were able to take a deposition from him a few months ago, but unfortunately, that dep- deposition was forced to be conducted under seal. So me, who lost my dad, I don't have the right to know what this guy Bayoumi has to say for himself. And the American public, journalists like yourself, can't read it and can't know about whatever it was that Bayoumi said. So he has been deposed. He's been deposed by lawyers working at your behest, but you have no idea as to what he testified. Exactly, because our federal government, our FBI, has forced our lawyers to, to, to sign gag orders, basically FBI protective orders, saying that they could be, be fined or go to jail 
if they disclose any information that they learn from the depositions of these Saudi government officials. But, but then Why what was, that, but, but, Brett, but, but what's the purpose of the deposition then? To what end was he I, even deposed? I have the same question. What, what, why? What, why? What's the point, right? Like, what? So who cares? I guess they could use it in our court case, but if the families can't know, that the, the very reason we're having this lawsuit is for truth and justice, right? Right. So right. If the family members can't even know what Sumeri and Bayumi are saying, what's the point? And that's why we're so mad. And that's why we need Biden to engage and intervene and lift this protective order. On Saturday, how will you mark the occasion? Well, uh, typically, historically, my family's from Connecticut, so we usually do a small local ceremony here, here in Connecticut. Um, if there's any chance that I could ha- potentially meet the president or have a few words with him, then I will go wherever he is and ho- hopefully get a chance to thank him and um, maybe say a few words of him to encourage him to tell him to keep going and, and, and don't don't back down if the FBI and DOJ try to try to prevent or, or spin it in any way to, to not give us these documents. Yeah, I have to I have to say, Brett, and I don't I don't want to be the one to, to throw cold water on this. But I saw many media outlets treat this as if it were, they didn't say guaranteed, but act as if it's a certainty that these documents will be forthcoming. It's a review of the documents, a declassification review. And I am sure that if, in fact, they're not released, you'll continue to hound the White House for their production. Well, I'm glad you recognize that, Michael, because a lot of the headlines are very misleading. Uh, A lot of the headlines didn't getting all the documents, that's, that's actually not the case. What we're getting is a forced review of whether or not these documents can be released. So um, I've said it before, I'll say it again, the proof is in the pudding as to whether or not this actually helps us, but you are a thousand percent right. The families are going to be watching. We're not going anywhere, and we are going to continue to fight this issue if we don't get what it is that we think we're, we're so justly entitled to. Hey, Brett, thank you. Uh, I'll think of you on Saturday, and I wish you all good things. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you again for having me on and allowing me to tell our story. Oh, I, I want to I know how it ends, I, and I will give you every platform at my disposal to tell the story. So by hook or by crook, we'll get there. All right. All right. Well, well, we'll be back next week with an update. Thank you. Okay, that's Brett Eagleson, ladies and gentlemen, lost His dad, his father, Bruce, when he was just 15. His dad was at the World Trade Center South Tower, and he wants to know the story. And I surely don't blame him. I I hope, I mean, my fingers are crossed, too. I I hope that that President Biden, I mean, this is spanned. It was was W. Um, It was President Obama. It was President Trump. Now it's President Biden. Hopefully Biden is doing something different than all the, the predecessors did. The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right. 
a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.